Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash haveadrink. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device. Also, by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. It's time to get into our first real distillery episode. I'm excited because we are talking about a bourbon distillery. So who do we have to talk about? Evan Hill? Don't they make vodka? Well, they do, but also bourbon. And we have a lot to say about them and a few other brands they own. So settle in, pour yourself a bourbon or some rum or vodka, maybe even a tequila. It's pretty much all fair game today as we have a drink. to have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker and i'm casey price hello <laughs> hey guys how's it going going uh, pretty good pretty good <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good <laughs> yes uh, somehow knew we were going there yeah oh yeah somehow knew we were going to end <laughs> up in uh curb your enthusiasm yeah <laughs> that's just the way of things uh yeah, so uh, what's everybody up to? Oh, you know, drinking. Uh, well, in unimportant news, I did get my car back <laughs> in case nobody oh, saw that really? on Twitter. Fine, fresh coat of paint. Yeah, looks, it looks like looks nothing fantastic. ever happened to it. It's amazing. They even like gave awesome. us a free cleaning on the inside, not a like yeah. detail. But it still smells. It like it smells all nice and shampooy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, how about you guys? What have you guys been up to? Uh, not much. Uh, it's. This is my busy time at work. Tax mm. money has come in, and uh, everyone wants it all in cash. So I haven't uh, haven't had much chance to Do drink, anything. as it were. Uh, uh, I did, however, need to go buy alcohol for the episode. Uh, right. And went down to uh, went down to the liquor store, uh, the liquor barn I went to. Before I'd mentioned they had redone, you know, the the beer section. I hadn't gone into the bourbon area, which has also been completely revamped, and took me forever to find what I was looking for. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's exactly when a grocery store changes everything. You're like, look, I knew where everything was before. I could find it, no matter how inefficient it was. I knew where it was. And you just threw me for a loop with this. Yeah. Uh, that said, when I was in there, they did have uh, some bourbons on sale. And <laughs> I couldn't pass one of them up. Uh, so uh, during our new show, I was drinking uh, a little bit of the Basil Hayden that was on sale for like... Uh-huh. Five, uh, it was about seven dollars off off normal price. Oh, nice! I saw that and I, I thought that was a really, really pretty bottle, <laughs> which is like a yes. dumb thing to think. But I'm like, oh, that's actually really nice packaging. <laughs> no, uh, didn't didn't go to the theme of the show, so I had to go buy something else. But I was like, right, well, it's on sale. 
This other thing is also affordable and to theme. Yeah, I can excuse this. <laughs> right, right. Because, I mean, it's bourbon. It's not like you're just like, well, and there went that bottle in, in one day. Unless, you know, something's really gone <laughs> it's wrong. It's true. <laughs> Me and Casey have talked about how uh, how liquor uh, per per drink is a better mm. is a better price. Definitely so, a better deal. I don't know what Casey's having per episode, because I don't want to give it away. But he did, uh, during our call yesterday when we were working out some details, uh, tease a bourbon he got that is rather sought after mm. recently. Now he's confused. Casey. Starts with, start, starts with an Oh, S. no, I'm not having that this go-around, so oh, we can okay. talk about it. Yeah, I got okay. some Sazerac rye. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh. Louisiana rye. Haven't, um, haven't you done At a decent well. price for that, too. Um, I think it paid like 20, 26 bucks, 27 bucks for that. Oh, nice. So, Sazerac rye. Secondary market on that is getting unreal in this part of the u.s man yeah, the, the whole secondary market for alcohol is strange to me yeah so, yeah that's like uh the secondary market because everyone talking uh with like beer trading in the area everyone is mad for hoof-hearted out of columbus at least in, in this market or at least for selling it off because everyone is mobbing that place and coming down to cincinnati for a couple select places because people on other su- the other side of the country are demanding it so they have these trade networks back and forth, and people are like, no, you have to give us Hoofhearted and Listerman. And I just, I, I don't know. I'm not really willing to get into, into all that. Hmm. <laughs> I'm a selfish drinker. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I believe we have announcements. Yes. So uh, our next episode of this show will be Saturday, March 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be covering the most expensive drinks in the world. <laughs> That is I don't a... know how I'm going to drink to to theme that episode. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah think... I don't think that's going to be a theme drinking no, thing. No, we can. <laughs> we still have. You can. You too, yeah. Oh, you guys don't have it? No. No. We have Rich all that's people. left. Oh, but we can drink Pretty it. over there with her monocle, just like, mmm. Mm, no, but hasn't I was... she done well? Speaking of that, like, I was just thinking, so for the, the gif for uh, the subs, we totally need to do one of us with, like, a top hat and monocle, like, haven't you done well? <laughs> That needs I mean, to be just, our sub. We could just do a bit from Auntie Donna. That's fine too. Yeah. But... Either way, like that's that's our thing. Anyway, um... not to give away not to give away too much, but some of these most expensive drinks in the world aren't expensive because of what's in the bottle, but what's on the outside of the bottle. Yeah. So that's a good. We may be able around. to drink along like that. Okay. Oh, I can drink the cocktail minus like the gold leaf that goes around the <laughs> exactly. rim. Or... Right. That's, yeah. Uh, also, we'd like to remind everyone that our news show is now uh, four episodes in, so <laughs> it's it's got its very own feed, and it is every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, live on twitch.tv slash haveadrinkshow. Um, look for Have a Drink News in your podcatcher of choice for the audio feed, though. Um, so our first patron hangout yes, that'll be is next going month. to be coming up next month. We'll give some dates, uh, but it's definitely in March. Like, a Sunday in mid-March. So if you're a uh, if you're a patron of, uh, is it the, the $5 level? Uh, you will have, we're going to have a, a hangout. Whether specifically on Google Hangouts or Skype, not 100%. It might but, be in the um, Discord. Yeah. Uh, so either way, we're going to have a, a call, 
basically. And we're going to talk about uh, where the show's at and um, at events that we want to plan. Where we might be going. Yeah, there's there's two options, basically, and we're trying to figure out the best way to approach these. And patrons have had a say in what you've been seeing happen with the show. Yeah. So we come to the patrons and ask them, hey, are you okay with this? What would you like to see? And they get their opinions heard. It's their show? <laughs> everyone's show. Um, it's everyone's except show. Except ours. Yeah. If you don't have enough... <laughs> we don't own it. Yeah, if you're, you're good. Except in a legal binding sense. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's whatever. Finally... If you're catching us on Twitch, you'll notice some new buttons on the channel because... Yeah, there's a nice new <laughs> button up there. I, I like it. We are affiliated now. Uh, you, <laughs> you can now use your Amazon Prime subscription to give us a sub on Twitch um, without you having to pay anything else, um, as well as buying bits to cheer in the chat, uh, all of which helps us earn money and thereby grows the show. Mm-hmm. All, the show, though. all are very much appreciated and of course if you want to follow us follows are still free <laughs> a lot of this uh i will go ahead and say it's uh thanks to you all and thanks to ritual misery <laughs> ritual misery and diamond club uh yes. for putting yeah. putting word out because uh, amos would like has been our number one fan in diamond <laughs> club he was out there in dtns chat just like beating people down going hey 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 you subbed yet have you followed them you go follow them now like just dogging people down in chat you'll get there now he's like beating them with clubs he broke legs i mean it was very much thanks to ritual misery thank you so much uh, guys smoke is actually asking how to do that is he telling about the sub thing uh well in in case that's what you're talking about um if you hit if if you have amazon prime and you you have a twitch account you can go hit um the uh, gift a sub, I think it is option. All right, no, you no. just 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 sub. Just but sub. Down okay. there, there is an option to just sub with Prime. Oh, okay, yeah. Because because you because get it f- take takes none of your money, takes some of Jeff Bezos' money. Yeah, yeah you yeah, give you, us. If you have Prime, um, you can connect the two accounts. You have to connect them first before you do that. Right. Yeah, that's you true. You connect them and you can hit that, and you can just give us free Jeff Bezos money. Yeah, and it's uh, five dollars, I believe. You, yeah, can you take- get every month part of your Amazon Prime toward Twitch. We get half of that, but we gladly take that half. And th- yeah, that takes we're good there. <laughs> 250 away from his Eternity Clock project. If, if you want to be like, no, you're building a solid jade door. No, we, we're taking 250 away from that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you, Smoke. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah um, no, and it's, again, it's a nice free way to help help us. You don't feel like, you know, doing the Patreon. Yeah, but, if you're already paying for Prime anyway, and, and very few people don't these days. I mean... <laughs> I I have become spoiled on two day shipping. Oh God, yeah, holy crap! And Prime Video, yeah, yeah, yeah. which you can watch the second Ooh. season of Expanse for free. Ooh, yes, mm. and Prime Reading if you have Kindle. Mm. Sorry. So <laughs> one thing that isn't on Prime, but I do want to make a recommendation is a uh, bourbon documentary that just released the, in the last like seven days, probably. Hmm. Um, this is part it, of my plan for tomorrow. See, I've been asking. <laughs> I guess you were waiting for now to let us know because we're like, oh, you keep saying, oh, there's this new documentary. It would never tell us what it was called. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he, he talked about it. He, he, he talked about it. In the Discord. I uh, said neat, but I, I guess that is just a phrase. As, the name oh. of the bourbon dis- documentary is neat. Okay. So. I assume since it was capitalized, it probably was the title. You're yeah. ordering a bourbon neat. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's neat, the story of bourbon. Um, it's about an hour and 15 minutes long. It dives into the rich and storied world of bourbon, exploring the history, charismatic characters, uniquely American process. It also follows an up-and-coming uh, bourbon distillery. Uh, what is it? Castle and Key? 
and oh, yeah, so follows them. them during their startup process and watches where they get their corn and and it's it's really a beautiful documentary it's well shot and and you know has a lot of great moving hmm. soundtrack options behind or you know the, the soundtrack's great um you know you watch the first little bit of it and you're like tearing up a little bit at bourbon so uh, <laughs> it's really anyway. good what's that is that is what? that the one that you said is uh, on the Play Store for so the cheapest? So iTunes, the Google Play, and Amazon, all three have it. The cheapest rental option is on Google Play, though. So gotcha. it's like okay. almost a buck or two cheaper on Google Play to rent it and almost $10 cheaper to buy it on Google Play. Okay, we'll yeah. have to... But, uh, which a... you can watch on, on iOS devices, too, yeah. if you get it on Google yeah. Play. So. Yeah. We'll have to add uh, a link to that on our great resources page. Oh, yes. Yeah, we will. Sure. All right, all right. cool. Well, let's, uh, I think we have speaking some of... news. Yeah. Wait, speaking we'll... of tearing up, <laughs> yes uh things are not all things are not well in the house that jim built so boston <laughs> beer saying. boston beer has a uh the quote the article boston beer has a stock hangover welcome to Sa the sam adams roller coaster uh shares in boston beer company plunged nearly 14 percent thursday oh. after the brewer reported fourth quarter earnings and provided guidance for 2018 the news came on the heels of last week's announcement that we reported that pete's coffee ceo dave berwick would be boston beer's new chief executive reporting to founder and chairman jim cook hmm. now that said that also did see a a boost in their stock initially when that happened and then yes. the report came out mm -hmm. the, and yeah, that the, deflated a the Part earnings report is what caused it, not the announcement of the new CEO. Yes. Uh, the earnings report didn't contain overly gloomy news that would automatically take the fizz out of Sam shares. But Boston Beer just wrapped up the second year in a row of declining revenue. The company continues to find itself squeezed from above by giants like AB InBev and Molson Coors and below by an ever-growing crowd of smaller craft brewers. It's too small to push around uh, the big boys and too big to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> yeah, Cook and his uh, departing lieutenant, Martin Roper, even off... Really? All right. Okay. I was going to say... I was just thinking of it as the uh, uh, British way of saying it. Cook and his departing lieutenant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, even offered hope for a turnaround. Uh, Cold Snap is back in the lineup. As the spring seasonal brew and Sam 76 is off to a solid start. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, give Sam 76 a whirl. That is actually. I was actually, I was like, I need to go pick some of that up. It yeah, is like. I'm not seeing a lot of it though. I only in, saw it in one place and it was like, there was one pack left. <laughs> not shilling for Boston beer, even though we tend to on this show. Uh, they invented a new brewing process to do this stupid thing. And it's a, a lager ale hybrid. I still don't know how the F they do it. Just just go try it because it's refreshing like an ale, but drinks like a lager. I mean, it's just, you got to try it, and you're just going to go, yeah, that's that's pretty effing weird. Uh, shipments might finally grow again for 2018 with the year-over-year -year change estimated at between zero and plus 6%. They're giving themselves like a 6% <laughs> margin of error. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really what that is. The, the thing is, like, that I can't I can't even be, even believe in this in this article. They're just like, well, Cold Snap is back. No one cares, dude. Like Cold Snap's good. <laughs> it's good, but Snap's like okay. they're not putting out new crazy stuff. That's the they thing that are. the craft places are doing. You know, Sam Seventy Six is not new and inventive. They <laughs> are. Did you look at the uh, 
What's their the lager pack that they have right now? It is absolutely like most of those beers I have never seen before, and I don't know many people that are doing beers like them. But nobody's getting it. Like that, uh, nobody's really getting their stuff. If someone wants Sam Adams, they're probably getting a pack of Boston Lager or whatever the variety pack is for the season, and that's it. Or they just put um, out their New England IPA, which is in four packs of Tall Boys. So that's, I mean, probably where the market is. They're trying to sneak in where what on what's hot. Yeah. I you know I. I realized not too long ago who who the Sam Adams target market was. Oh. And it was while I was sitting in a, a Red Lobster, Bob. <laughs> and there was a guy who, um, you've probably had these a whole lot before, they didn't know a whole lot of what they were talking about. Hmm. Um, he, he asked whenever he was getting ready to order his beer, he asked, is it really cold? Um, <laughs> and uh, he asked first off, did you have Sam Adams cold snap? And he was looking for it actually prior to the season starting. Hmm. And so they get, they get, they're like, no, we don't have cold snap. I think they had the old winter loggers uh, still on. Um, yeah. And he said, well, that's fine. I'll just take, uh, I think he, he said it was a uh, Amstel. And sure. So <laughs> no, don't lie to me. No one buys an Amstel at red lobster. <laughs> right. <laughs> He was talking about how uh, how that that Amstel was was a really good beer, and so um, it, it don't lie to me. me. No <laughs> one. It struck me as odd because you you expect the Sam Adams drinker to be the you know the guys like us is is my it's the, my it's the transition from someone who's going from like imports regular yeah. beer to yeah, and this guy was probably sixty years old. He was he was the type of of bar patron that you don't want the one who they're there to split an entree and and every thing they have a question that goes along with it and they're complaining about a, the size of the lobster tails and <laughs> that type of person i mean that is annoying but i have a different low bar for patrons <laughs> of a bar that Nazis. i didn't want to <laughs> yeah well unique experiences uh, it seems but I, I yeah I, the thing with like i think that that makes sense because it's like Sam Adams is the, as much as we love Sam Adams, don't get me wrong. Like if I, if, especially if it's available somewhere, of course I'm going to get a Sam Adams over a lot of other things. Um, and I, I'm, I have no problems buying any of their packs, uh, but it's like the stepping stone. It's almost like for us, per, like it's totally anecdotal, but for like the two of us personally, when people are like, Hey, have you listened to uh, the new hate breed album? And I'm like, yeah, I listened to them when I was in high school, I guess. You know, like it's like it's like that that um that <laughs> that that phase that you're in in your life. So like Sam Adams is like that stepping stone between regular ass beer and then the the crazy world of craft. It's it's you know? emo music. It's yeah, I was young and angsty and felt yeah. a lot of feelings at one point. Like that I, was before you know, I could buy things like alcohol. Yeah, like I <laughs> listened to those, the guyliner bands those a little bit. Feelings right up. <laughs> So um, I feel like it's that weird, which sucks. And it, and it, honestly, like their their marketing isn't as prevalent. Their labels, I, which I, I think are pretty, are not catching people at all because it's like this weird. Like ever since they changed all the artwork, I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're not appealing Boston. to anyone now. Boston beer is trying to compete with a growing craft market that is appealing more towards you know consumers like you, Brittany, than yeah. than it is. You know, 
than it used to, I guess. It used to yeah. it'd be something that that you know, like, well, that is, you know, it's it's. Cr-. Now there's so much other choice that you don't mm. go to your old fallbacks all the time. You go yeah. for the new, weird, crazy, inventive yeah. thing. Which is another it. conversation. Um, I gotta say, I got into with uh, Craft Beer Joe on Twitter. Uh, he does a great blog if you could check it out. Uh, but he was talking about going out and if you go somewhere for a drink. There's no such, like, if you're like us, there's no such thing as a go-to beer. You're going to go to whatever you haven't had on that menu. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. immediately, you're just drawn to anything you haven't had before because it's an opportunity to try something new. And that's how I am. Yes. And we've, we've been yeah. out at business functions. <laughs> we've, gotten, and... we've gotten too uh, we've gotten too used to certain things anymore. Like, no, I need. I, it's the, chasing that dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I'm going out and spending 5 to $7 a pint, hmm. Or more, depending on if it's in the smaller serving size, five to seven dollars a drink, which yeah. could be fifteen dollars a pint in smaller snifters. Mm-hmm. I better be getting something that I've never had before, yeah. and I don't have back home, or I can't get it. anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And that's we'll go to places with expansive beer menus, and sure enough, I never get. I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, they have this on. You hardly ever see that, but I've had it before. Yeah. And then there there'll be something like. Something random. We've been to a burger place, and they'll, they've had zombie dust on before. And I was like, oh, they have zombie dust on draft? Ooh, I was like, I, I need to get one of those. And I was like, but they do have that new Belgium, you know, that <laughs> white version ass, yeah. of this, you know, ale that I've, you know, I haven't had that one yet. It's super prevalent. I just hadn't had it yet. And I was like, I'll pass on the zombie dust. Give me that new Belgium. I need to try that. Sam Adams is what you get when you're somewhere... That doesn't have anything else. Like standard. Yeah, like a, like a mainstream <laughs> yep. place that you don't expect to have a crazy like draft a, list. Like a Red Lobster. Like a Red Lobster. <laughs> Maybe like a Red Lobster, you know. Um. <laughs> hey, hey, let, let's but knock like, it down. Sometimes some of us crave an Admiral's Feast. <laughs> but like standard. Uh, the best thing. And some people like heart disease. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but like standard restaurants or, or, you know, bars that aren't about beer lists. I you know. say your casual dining places, they will generally have a Sam Adams. They're always going to have the seasonal yeah. and the Boston lager, and you're good, you know. But it's changing. Even those places are getting a local handle on every yep, now that's and then. That's true. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like true. a lot of them are getting. Um, they, before I, before I left the lob, uh, <laughs> they were getting. Um, Probably it wasn't boy. local, but they were getting like Laguanitas in. Oh. Mm hmm. Which was a huge shift for them. I saw that and was like, oh, you're getting something with some hops to it. You you know, I mean, that was probably around the same time Lagunitas got bought out. And so the distributor changed. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. A lot of that does break down to distributors because they they go for whatever Anheuser-Busch will distribute. Right. I know it's technically someone else, but you, you know. Um, 76 process from what I can tell, by the way, Chris, since you were, you were kind of on the, on the fence about what they actually do from what I can tell, I think the process is they brew two different beers or they, they take the beer and they make it this basically the same way all the way through until they get to the fermentation. Then in two different tanks, they'll do one as an ale and one as a lager. And then at the end of those two tanks, they'll brew it before, I mean, blend it before they bottle it. Okay. So it's just a blend. Both together. Okay. It still comes out delicious. I mean, I would try it. And very well it could, yeah, because you could get some of those L fruity flavors and then that lager crispness there at the end. I haven't tried it. I want to try it now. Hmm. Yeah. L in the tongue, but a, but a lager in the head. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's a thing there. Some, I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah, that's going to be the new slogan, too. The wheels are turning. 
All right. Uh, so we completely derailed that news story, but you got to. <laughs> but it was a good discussion. I'm saying we had to pick something else apart. Yeah. It's basically, you know, why we think Boston beer is having trouble. Yeah. Is, is where, yeah, where they're at. It wasn't completely off topic. Um, okay. Before we get into the main topic, uh, which is not beer related in the least. I'm already um, enjoying it immensely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, we'd like to take this time to thank our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash have a drink show for supporting the podcast. Um, this podcast and really the news podcast too. Um, but we'd also we like wouldn't to... have that one without. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've always got a. Did we say it earlier? Go check out the new news episode. Yes. <laughs> um, comes on. Comes on at seven thirty. We record this at nine. Yes. So. Uh, we'd also like to thank Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a thirty-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And I am the one giving suggestions today. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how to best word this, because this is not alcohol-related in the least. But it's my I favorite mean, book series. I neither was mine. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, this is uh, it's my favorite book series. And it's, it's actually technically three series within the same universe, but it's all by the same author. Um, Gail Carriger is the author. Uh, and she writes steampunk novels. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> I, I was wondering, and then I read the first <clears throat> word of it and went, there's, this is steampunk. <laughs> there's a parasol in it. Uh, yeah, the, the first, the, this is the order they go in, but you can probably swap the first two. And this, obviously, this is for anybody who actually cares or is into it a little bit. But um, <laughs> So it's the Parasol Protectorate series, and then the Finishing School series, which Finishing School is when they actually um, learn to finish, finish people off. <laughs> Oh, so uh, poisons and okay. things like that, uh, and then the custard protocol series, which is the new one. Custard is the name of uh, the spotted custard is the name of the dirigible that um, the main character flies. Cust- custard protocol sounds like a, a Tom Clancy cooking book. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, the parasol thing's a little straightforward, but yeah, the custard protocol is just named after their dirigible, um, which there's like a big crew to and everything. Huh. Uh, the custard I protocol. I looked up what that was. The, the dirigible. Yeah. Oh, it's no. like a zeppelin. Yeah, it's zeppelin. it's like a flying. It's a steam powered flying uh, ship. It's an airship. Um, cool. So the custard protocol is the current series, and it's the sequel series to the parasol protectorate. Finishing school is actually the the prequel to the whole thing. Uh, they all have a lot of the same characters that overlap. Um, it's basically a Victorian England uh, steampunk, obviously, in which um, vampires and werewolves and ghosts are part of um, oh main society. But uh, there's also like a lot of humor and a lot of wit involved. Like it's really good writing, actually. But uh, like the the main and all, the both the, the main female characters are a little um, not super skinny, which I like. <laughs> the one was like jealous of of her friends waistline but then she's like but then i'd have to give up pastries <laughs> so and i was like i love this book <laughs> um but uh so the custard protocol is the current one i just finished the second book and the third book um comes out in july of this year and uh the um they finally picked kind of like the one narrator which i like that they you know anytime there's a consistent narrator for for any book series you're just like okay this is this is what everybody's supposed to sound like these are how the names are pronounced so um they finally they they've got that nailed down, which is nice. Uh, it's a really great series. Steampunk is fun, and there's some there's some like naughty bits, and there's just like really funny stuff about you know weird protocols in Victorian society, and then werewolves and how they're always naked and they have crooked cravats, and it's great. Um, but so to download your free audiobook, 
Go to <laughs> audibletrial.com slash have a drink. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash have a drink. All right. And then uh, I believe we have a main topic to get to. We're not that drunk. Seeking bastards. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. Speak for yourself. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> As you hear the glug, 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 glug. Uh, yeah. Um, today we are talking about the, the Heaven Hill Distillery. Yeah, although Heaven Hill may be a, that brand of vodka that you associate with uh, cheap high school drinking like we did. Well, someone did. I wasn't drinking in high school. Um, <laughs> we weren't cool That enough. said, I do associate it with litter. Uh. <laughs> oh, Just, okay, yep. <laughs> it took me a second. Uh, their portfolio of products spans a much larger and more in-depth lineup than many other distilleries or even liquor brand companies. Uh, Heaven Hill brands encompass every major liquor category available. Whiskey, brandy, gin, rum, tequila, vodka, even dessert wines. Uh, <laughs> no smoke, not junior, junior high. high. What? I, That's illegal drinking. I waited, I, I waited not... till I was legally able to drink. Mostly. I did too, actually. We do not I condone did. such things. <laughs> hmm. Barring barring some some Killians. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, lips that to... touch the liquor that touches these lips. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Gets drank. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know where he was going with that. No. Um, there was the, the old prohibition. Um, uh, oh if liquor yeah. touches your lips, they won't touch mine, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know where you're going. But no, no, it's actually the best that you didn't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. Fool me once, anyway. you can't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we probably should cut Casey off. Uh, we're going to focus on uh, their Kentucky roots uh, and their heritage today and end up specifically talking about the, their Bargetown Distillery, DSPKY31, uh, which almost sounds like a public school thing. <laughs> PS 118. You know, PS 118. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we do still want to mention, uh, mention that there is this is much more than a whiskey distillery and much more than a cheap vodka maker and most uh, uh, most importantly, much more than you've probably imagined. As a company, Heaven Hill was founded in 1934, just a year after the end of Prohibition in the U.S. Uh, Bardstown, Kentucky was a hotbed of distilled beverages prior to Prohibition. The Shapiro family, the current owners of the distillery, had a chain of small department stores uh, and were very successful during the Great Depression. Uh, when the area started to see a resurgence of distilleries again, those with the know-how uh, may not have uh, been the ones with the money to get started with a business that is expensive to start and takes years to make any money. Hmm. Uh, Ed Shapiro, uh, along with uh, Shapira, sorry. Yeah, I messed up on the first one. It is Shapira, oh, which... Okay. Uh, Ed Shapira, I just assumed the first one was right and just kept was like, well, there's a typo. Just uh, Ed Shapira, along with his four brothers, uh, Garam, uh, George. <laughs> Sorry, that ends it. Look, I just assumed it was a foreign I name. Know, you know, right, you never right, know. It's all on me. No, no, you're fine. Anyway, uh, Gary, George, David, and uh, Mose uh, and their parents invested a total of. Uh, $17,500 into what uh, was called the Old Heaven Hill Springs Distillery. Uh, the company filled its first barrels on December 13th, 1935. Again, wow. it's to be said, $17,500 during the Depression. Yeah. 
These these folks they had um, their department, department store stores thing. were re- really successful. So they would sell stuff. You could get like an entire suit for like seventeen bucks, mm-hmm. and a pair of socks for like five cents or something. Yeah. So they <laughs> they ran a really inexpensive clothing five and dime type store in areas that needed that sort of business. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of profit out of that. Where and each brother from? sort of had their own store in a different city. Ed Shapiro just happened to be the one that was in Bardstown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't long after the distillery started that the other partners got into some uh, personal financial troubles. Uh, they came along to the Shapiro family and asked them to buy them out. The Shapiro family paid an additional $15,000 for the remaining part of the business uh, and without much technical know-how went from uh, bourbon whiskey investors to bourbon whiskey makers. Sure. Ed, since he was the closest and uh, given to ma- uh, was given the major responsibility of managing the business, he hired a number of experts in the field uh, that had the know-how that they lacked. Earl Beam, a name that may <laughs> sound familiar because he is Jim Beam's nephew, hmm. uh, left Jim Beam Distillery and was appointed the first master distiller in those early years. You can trace the lineage of the master distiller from Earl to Parker Beam to Craig Beam, who is the current master distiller. That's just fine. In 1937, Old Heaven Hill Spring Distillery released a two-year-old bourbon called Bourbon Falls. It was likely not a very good bourbon, uh, <laughs> but the decision was a financial one to get, at least get some revenue uh, into the company. Uh, a couple of years later, they released a bottle and bond uh, bourbon under the name Old Heaven Hill. This one uh, must have been much better because it became the best-selling bourbon in Kentucky. Hmm. Even today, Distillery's brand, Evan Williams, is the second best-selling bourbon uh, brand in the U.S. behind Jim Beam. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, those are, I mean... (laughs) Not counting Jack Daniels in there. It's it's Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, and then Evan Williams. Well, Jack Daniels isn't a bourbon. They call themselves Tennessee whiskey, exactly. Which, I mean, Tennessee... We want to make sure to point that out on the show whenever possible. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they do not claim to be bourbon, and they right. don't, and we and don't we'll claim them to be bourbon either. <laughs> we support them in that. <laughs> but yeah, I still think that was crazy. It wasn't until you know the research for this episode to find out that the Beam lineage is coming into Heaven Hill. Like that is something crazy. From the start, uh, they've been the Beams have been their master distillers. Not you know the neat documentary says this, but I, I really hadn't thought about it until. So some of your best bourbons or some of the bourbons that they're really fe- really focusing on are um, not this company, but but some of these other companies are 20 years, 23 years old. You know, your Pappy Van Winkle lines are, are mm-hmm. old. So you think one bourbon guy, one master distiller puts that into the barrel, and then he has to wait 23 years to figure out exactly how it turns out to change that recipe. Right. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe if you're, you're doing a 10-year like some of these bourbons are, you know, you get basically three or four 10 years in there. He's out of the business. You don't get to be a master distiller usually at a young age. And so you you get a few of these 10 years out, and you then can change your recipe after about the third time. You can change your recipe and figure out what works. So that the, the, the saying is that you make that third batch of those long-aging whiskeys, not for yourself, but for the next generation, because they're the ones that are going to learn from that. They were talking yeah. about that on the Modern Rogue episode where they were covering whiskey, and it's like you never think about the crazy business venture it is to get into bourbons and whiskeys. Because you're just like, yes. we're going to put out a product in five years. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, because they were talking about uh, Whistlepig, who didn't, you know, when they started aging, like when they started their business again, they 
they put a liquid into casks and they had to wait five years. Yep. And it was like, what do we do for five years? Well, they <laughs> blended samples from other distilleries until they got the product they were expecting to make and put that out. It's just he like, oh, I, yeah. I was going to oh. say it would have been funnier if they like, what do we do? Anyone got a deck of cards? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the namesake for Evan Williams brand was built as the first commercial distillery in Kentucky. That is probably not the case, as historical evidence shows he had only come to the U.S. nine years after when he is said to have started distilling bourbon. But today's Evan Williams bottles still say Kentucky's first distiller. They have just hit the ground running. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I doubt that. Uh, It's also fairly unclear on the label that they are talking about the man and not the actual bourbon, since the brand itself was created in the 1960s. Uh, The bourbon was produced, but it was not successful. Hmm. The distillery had had to decide uh, completely to scrap the bourbon brand, uh, but a few customers encouraged the company to keep it. The problem lied in the design of the packaging, which was billed as being revolutionary. Uh, The company scrapped that idea and moved the bourbon into a traditional style bottle and label. So what was this packaging? I looked. I looked everywhere. I looked at historical records of where people post online the bottle. Apparently, this was such a such a bad bottle and sold so poorly. I couldn't find a single online reference of this bottle out there at all. It, oh my it got so, Stalinized. So you're telling me I have to uh, equip my other skills, and we need to hit the field, and we've got right, to try Chris. and excavate some of these bottles. Mm, All right, yes. Chris, we'll get to work. You hit the you hit the field. I'm going to go to the library. <laughs> All so, right. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, whether So the, the tour for this distillery actually isn't a tour at the distillery. It's the Bourbon Heritage Center. And so you actually can probably go there and look. They may have a bottle. I couldn't find one in any of the pictures that were taken there. It's the newly um, finished Bourbon Heritage Center. The so official start it may of the be worth trail. going and going straight to the, the distillery and saying, "Hey, can we can we find a picture of this? Because I want to know." It was said to be a, a, like very fancy, and it turned people off. Okay, hmm. I would. You know, we, might be a thing we should like try to do a tour of such place and ask maybe, them. Ooh, maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, possibly. That's right. fine. Yeah. Um, so the '70s were hard times for bourbon. James Bond. Say, <laughs> '70s is a hard time for a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James Bond and more female drinkers, a little sexist there, mm-hmm. uh, l- looking That's, for lighter drinks. It is what it is. Yeah. May be to blame, but for the first time, vodka sales surpassed bourbon in the U.S. Sad days. Uh, Heaven Hill took note and actually began expanding their portfolio. Uh, they began creating and acquiring other brands. The first was Burnett's Gin which the company purchased from Seagram just across the river, about 20 minutes from us. Uh, Second, they created their own brand using the same name and creating a vodka, which you will find absolutely everywhere in absolutely conceivable flavor. Uh, Followed by Christian Brothers Brandy. I think they were up to 28 flavors of Burnett's. Yeah, a lot of them uh, in our story that we did uh, back, was that our first news episode? Uh, yeah. We were talking about the big Ohio like expulsion of fruit, like these sugary, fruity uh, alcohols that have been pushed out. There was a ton of Burnett's in that. Oh, this this just in from the <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> Bourbon <laughs> Trail. <laughs> Twenty nine. They introduced candy cane. <laughs> oh god! Ew. 
Followed by Christian Brothers Brandy as we go through the more recent history and we find, guess what? Admiral Nelson's Spiced Rum, the good old Admiral. A rank above Captain Morgan to start some fights and many more. Mahoy. Uh, he he outranks the captain. However, the captain is a pirate and therefore not suspect <laughs> to his uh to his rank. Um take a guess on where Admiral Nelson rum is distilled. Kentucky. Kentucky. It's so weird. Mahoy moved Can, to Kentucky. I wish I had let's, the sticker let's go from toward Mahoy. that place. Yeah. I need <laughs> pictures of that all over Twitter. All right. Uh, one of the more interesting brands in the form of if I mixed juice, vodka and cognac, blue liqueur called oh, Hypnotic. That mm. sounds sick. The beverage uh. created in 2001 by Raphael Jacobi. Uh, the brand really had its big break when I'm just going to say P. Diddy because there's I have no idea what his actual name is now. Sean. Not, not Puff Sean. He changed he comes it. Daddy. No, he changed it again. <laughs> Uh, started let's, let's say Sean Combs. Sean Combs. Sean P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Combs Daddy. Started selling the Puff drink. Shawnee. Started selling the drink in his hip New York restaurant chain. In 2003, Heaven Hill uh, acquired the brand for a reported $50 million. Oh my gosh. It is made and bottled in France, but the company owns the worldwide trademark and distribution rights. Uh, today, Heaven Hill is the largest independent family-owned and operated producer of distilled spirits in the country. Wow. Is the seventh largest supplier of distilled spirits in the U.S. and the second largest holder of aging bourbon in the world. (laughs) (laughs) To date, they have filled more than 7 million barrels of bourbon. The company fulfills this production by doing uh, one thing that is quite different in the bourbon industry. They make bourbon all year long. Usually in the bourbon industry, there are two general times for distilleries to make whiskey. Uh, They close down in the summer when it is hot, and the water used to cool and condense the distill uh, and distillate is also warm. Heaven Hill, however, produces whiskey every month of the year. Heaven Hill has a fifty-five, yeah, fifty-five warehouses on six different warehouse sites with 1.3 million barrel spaces. That is, they have slots for 1.3 million barrels. Uh, 1.2 million have actual barrels stored in them. This <laughs> represents about 22% of the world's supply of bourbon. We're talking a lot of liquid in a lot of oak. Okay, so yeah. Heaven Hill is officially the the, bur- the distillery where we just, haven't you done well? <laughs> <laughs> That is Heaven Hill in a nutshell. Well, like they are they are the distillery that's like quantity. Yeah, yeah. they know what uh, they're doing. I'm not going to say over quality, but they they put out a lot of stuff and they put it out at a relatively affordable price. Yeah. Yes, that is the big thing is the bottle and bond which Casey will get into later. But there, I mean, there's a number of other things, and to transition us into the next section, which we'll have an accompanied video, so if you're able to watch this, you'll see. If not, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, no sound for this, though. Just, uh, just the yeah, video. Yeah, you'll just hear a helicopter noise. But uh, I had to look up the figures, uh, and only four distilleries uh, listed have been lost to fire. 
Well, and, shut down completely. Yeah, but they still listed on uh, what we had because I could not find this number online, and we actually have a big list that we got from the closing of uh, bourbon distilleries at Buffalo Trace, and it just lists every historic distillery yeah. and why they closed. And guess why the majority closed? Prohibition. Fire. <laughs> no, no, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's a toss-up, isn't it? <laughs> I remembered seeing a – I was like, oh, it was like half for Prohibition, half for Fire. And then I went back and was like, no, only like four for fire, and they do list Heaven Hill on that. Mm. All right. I uh, guess it was I feel like enough. I feel like we actually need, instead of a video, it's just uh, the, the sad Ken Burns Civil War oh. music. <laughs> yeah. I need to, you know, I need well, to get that on, on the soundboard at some point. Yeah, that's that's a goal. <laughs> you can slap the video up and tell us. It's yes. tragic time. Like, it is dramatic video. Like, you feel it in your chest when you're watching this video. And I don't know if it's just us with our, like, connection to what was going on, but you see it, and you're just like, holy crap. Okay, so that is on the screen right now. But, so, in 1996, tragedy struck that stock of bourbon when a fire broke out at the Heaven Hill Distillery in Bardstown. On November 7th at 2 p.m., reports of a fire in a warehouse um, started going out. That warehouse was a traditional wooden structure with 20,053-gallon barrels of highly flammable barrel-proof whiskey aging. Uh, Fifteen minutes later, the entire warehouse was engulfed. That day, wind gusts of 50 to 75 miles per hour proved to be the largest factor in the devastation that proceeded to destroy one warehouse after another. Flames- Just keep zooming out. Yeah. It gets worse. Uh, Flames jumped 400 feet into the air and were visible 20 miles away as whiskey barrels exploded. No one was killed in the inferno, but four firefighters had their helmets melted from the intensity of the flames. Yeah. Whiskey aging warehouses are built with a large amount of space between them. The fear of the fire is real for distillers, and they take every precaution to prevent the spread from a fire from one warehouse to another. The area between the buildings is kept clear of trees and debris as a fire break is something like this uh, if, the, if something like this were to happen. The high winds and exploding barrels of that day proved too much for e- even the large spaces to prevent the fire. When warehouse 1 um, had been engulfed and collapsed, it spewed a river of flaming bourbon downhill toward even more warehouses. Four hours later, a total of seven warehouses and 90,000 barrels of bourbon were lost. 2% of the entire world's supply. I'm going to um, need you to reread that line as uh, as uh, Civil War era letters. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Four hours later, it's a total you know, of seven warehouses and 90,000 barrels of bourbon were lost. When you hear a river of fire... It's That's hard terrifying. to imagine in the video you and, see it. Like you see say, a river. And then you look at it. And then yeah. you see it and you're just going, that is horrifying. Like for and, those listening on audio, definitely check the video out at some point just to see what this is about because holy crap. Yeah, you just have to put in Heaven Hill 1996 in YouTube and you'll find it. Um, and it is, I mean, dramatic video. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, the Heaven Hill brand has distilleries in multiple states. Uh, the Deep Eddy Vodka brand is made in Texas. The Cognac is made in France. Tequila in Mexico. And the Admiral Nelson's Rum is made in Kentucky. No, <laughs> really. It's a product made in same distillery as the rest of their American whiskey brands. Yeah, uh, that was uh, so it's weird the way it looks. I thought it was Warehouse One as well. It's Warehouse I. So they l- lettered oh, them instead gotcha. of numbered them. 
So Warehouse I was the one, and then it, it as it flowed downhill, it, it engulfed many others. Oh, no, sorry about that. that. That's me reading it wrong. Um, oh, that's okay. Uh, so Heaven Hill has five types of American whiskey that span many brands and the history and heritage of whiskey in America. An unaged corn whiskey that's made to be like traditional moonshine, uh, also sold as uh, under the Georgia Moon brand. And aged... I don't know if it's technically traditional moonshine. Uh, it doesn't make you blind. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, an aged corn whiskey placed in a once-used bourbon barrel and bottled as a bottled-in-bond mellow corn whiskey, a wheat recipe that can be found in bottles of uh, Bernheim wheat whiskey, and a rye recipe found in bottles of uh, Rittenhouse rye, and of course, bourbon, which is bottled under a variety of names, brands, and ages. Yep. Heaven Hill is a big proponent of bottled and bond whiskey. Um, to be named a bottled and bond, the liquor must be the product of one distillation season, so those are January to June, or July to December. It has to be one distiller, so one master distiller. That means you have to keep the same master distiller that entire season. If for some reason, July 31st, you decide to fire your master distiller, you can't make any bottle and bond for that season. So that means um, they will probably, given it's Heaven Hill and with Craig, uh, they will probably keep him through that season at least. Oh, yeah. To make sure everything can be bottled and bond. He'll be there. He's young. He'll be there a while longer. Um, I don't know if they've got anybody lined up, if he has a son or anybody, a daughter at this point, um, lined up. Um, If, if, you know, at July 31st you say, hey, you're out of here, then, you know, from the August 1st on, you could, could, as long as everything that was produced then was made by one distiller, um, you could then call it a bottle and bond for all those. But if you split it halfway through... You know, you can't mix the two distillers' bourbons together to make them hmm. um, a bottled and bond. It's just heresy. Um, <laughs> it must have been aged in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision. That's that's pretty much, no matter what it is, all of them are federally bonded pretty much uh, for at least four years. So you know if you're getting a bottled and bond, it's at least four years old. That's key in this this industry specifically when you take age statements off of whiskey. Um at 100 proof or 50% alcohol by volume, the bottle's products must be labeled to identify the distillery it was distilled at and, if different, where it was bottled. Hmm. So you look at a bottled in bond, you know it was distilled in Kentucky and bottled in Kentucky, or it was distilled in uh, Ohio or Tennessee or wherever and bottled in Michigan. I mean, you get to look and see exactly what that looks like and know hmm. where those came so bottled and bond is really a big deal to me. I, I didn't really have a lo- whole lot of knowledge of bottled and bond a year ago. Um, it was not something that was on my radar. But now I'm looking at it as I want all the bottled and bond whiskeys <laughs> because there's something special to be said that you know for a fact that it is at least four years old. Mm-hmm. There's something special in the fact that it was all it's all that same year. So it's not like you're mixing barrels to get the same flavor every time. It's it's your your barrel usage has to be pretty spot on to say this barrel from this season tastes the same as this barrel from this season after those four years or more. Um, we'll talk a little bit long later about one whiskey in particular that isn't aged for four years. Um, then we've got the fact that it is, uh, I was talking to one of our um, listeners and good friend there from, from Cincinnati 
um, our our native Michigander. Um, uh. <laughs> he was talking, and and we were saying, you know, because you have to keep that same master distiller, it keeps that master distiller's job a little bit safer, which is pretty cool, yeah. especially <laughs> if they're they're doing a really good job there. And then last all of all, you you know that it's it's fifty percent alcohol, and so you're getting a really good buy in bottled and bond, and the fact that it's not watered down to forty. Uh, percent. It's a full 50% alcohol. It is definitely a potent kick. And I like my alcohols a little bit more kicky, uh, <laughs> if you will. Um, Evan Williams, which we touched on a little bit uh, earlier, it's the second largest selling bourbon in the U.S., comes in multiple varieties, including a black label, which is the 40% version, um, 40% ABV. It's a, There's a white label that's a bottled and bond version. There's the 1783 small batch extra aged version. And then there's a vintage label single barrel version. I've already seen some uh, photos pop up about the uh, single barrel from 2005 out there as well. So there, I, there's I wonder some... where that photo came from. Could it have been in our <laughs> oh, Discord? Oh, yeah, from inside the Discord. Um, somebody Become was drinking that tonight. The but the, the vintage is pretty cool. I haven't <laughs> had any myself. Uh, I want to get – that's the last bottle out of all the Evan Williams that I don't have on my shelf is a, a vintage bottle. And it's – should be different every year, so that'll be cool. Um, Old Fitzgerald is a brand that is actually older than the Heaven, Still, Heaven Hill Distillery itself. It was first produced in 1870 for the rail and steamship lines um, specifically, so just for those guys, by John E. Fitzgerald in Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, the bourbon made it through prohibition by producing medicinal liquor under government supervision, one of the few distilleries to actually be able to do that. Uh, the brand was purchased by Pappy Van Winkle for ten grand, which added wheat to the brand after that. Hmm. It was produced at the old Stitzel Weller Distillery until 1992 when it was purchased by Diageo, and the brand was distilled then at the Bernheim Distillery in Louisville. This is one major reason that older vintages of this bourbon are pretty highly prized because they were made by the same people that made Pappy Van Winkle. Right. And so that's when you're looking at that, uh, that's the same reason Weller is so so sought after right now is because it's the same people that make pappy so it's one of looking for those looking for those guys for those robocop guys i mean what's um what was uh your does your vintage that you have fall into that it's a 75 1975 we almost need to do a pappy episode you know, uh, just, yeah. just buy it. We can't afford that. No, we've Stitzel discussed. Weller may be a good episode because you can oh, talk yeah. about Pappy and then a lot of the other stuff that they made at that Well, because now, like, this talks about Pappy, but at the same time, like, Pappy is now also made at Buffalo Trace. What, yes. Like, what happened there? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of story. A lot of corporate buyouts and things happening with brands. Yeah. yeah but... some, some, well, and at that time, it was as simple as you just got mad at the people that were there and they weren't doing things that you wanted to be done the same way. So you take your bourbon and leave, which happens yeah. with breweries nowadays. It seems. Yes. <laughs> um, in 99, 1999 Diageo sold the brand to heaven Hill along with the Bernheim distillery, um, still located in Louisville and actually just recently opened up for uh, public tours. Uh, the main bourbon is a value bourbon, but has great reviews. I uh, had a sip of it tonight and I can understand why um, in the spring of 2018, Heaven Hill will actually be releasing a special edition bottled and bond Old Fitzgerald in a special decanter. Ooh. Yeah. I cannot wait <laughs> to get decanter, my hand. say decanter, we all just go, ooh. Eyes, eyes will be peeled for that. <laughs> I, I heard somebody talk that it might be somewhere in the upper upper price range, somewhere like oh. $80 to $110. I'm not, that, I'm not surprised that by that range. at all, yeah. But mm. uh, the the 
Cantor, the Cantor looks nice. Um, Elijah Craig has seen many changes over the, over the very few past years. Uh, the bourbon is marketed as a small batch, a term that isn't really truly defined, but basically means just smaller than what is normal for that particular distillery. Hmm. This distillery, a small batch is 100 barrels or less usually. Um, the brand's name comes in honor of a prominent Baptist preacher who was also an <laughs> educator and an entrepreneur. Because He's credited Kentucky. with putting corn liquor into charred barrels and making mm -hmm. it what it was then called bourbon. Although, again, that's probably not true. The, There's uh, a lot of yeah, lies the, and, and story in bourbon history. The folklore behind uh, Elijah Craig is that he had Lots. a small uh, barn fire in which he had some oak whiskey barrels in which happened to be victim to this fire and it charred the inside of the barrels. But being a frugal man, as the legend says, uh, he went ahead and dumped whiskey in it anyways. And the only time Still barrels. Yeah. The only time spent aging was during the shipping process to get it down to uh, Louisiana, where you were shipping things down the Mississippi from Kentucky. That was the only place it was going where or the market for it was. It could, or it could also be the story that, he had tasted the liquor from um, from Scotland that mm -hmm. had used some char in their barrel and said that that's pretty good whiskey. Let's put it in there. Mm. Or several the stores. only barrels he had left were pickle barrels and so in, or fish and pickle barrels. So in order to get the flavor out, you you char the barrel to try to uh, get the flavor out of that that barrel. So there. There, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Nobody knows at this point what the true or, story is. Or it's Kentucky. An We're used to tall tales. Yeah. Or an angel descended down from on high <laughs> and said, char these barrels. And he said, but why? Did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> and you give me my cut. That's... Was, it, was it on gold plates? Um, <laughs> we need that in a so, book. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Bob, were you with me when we went to Louisville? I went to Louisville with you at least once to go to a theater and watch some bourbon makers. Yes, talk. yes, yes. Yeah. So the the evening was called lies and lies and tale, tall tales or something. And, and it was these bourbon distillers. It was, um, I think it was Booker. No, um, it was like the head of, or Fred. No. And, uh, the head of like three or four different, um, Three or four different distilleries. The head distiller came in and and they did a special presentation where all of them just basically told lies the whole night. It was really <laughs> yes. good. Oh my! No, it, was, it was great. I enjoyed being lied to for an hour. It's why you go to a theater. That yeah. was that that would be fun. <laughs> so also uh, they served bourbon. Uh, yeah, that's a win -win. during intermission. Yeah. And I remember going up and going, Casey, going. I was like, right, Casey, I don't, I haven't had a lot of bourbon. What should I have? Here's some. Uh, oh, what was it? it? Was your go-to at the time? Uh, that's hard telling. Uh, <laughs> crap! I've completely it's it's Woodford? a yes. Woodford at the time, yeah. Woodford's yeah. a that's... good go-to, to be fair. Well, it, like... it was the first time I had Woodford, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, okay. So in 2016, to get back to Elijah Craig, 2016, the bourbon changed from a 12-year-old age statement on the bottle to no age statement on the bottle. This is a recent development, and we are coping with it. It's it's not my favorite I'm, thing. We're not coping well. No, no. Apparently not. We're coping by drinking copious amounts of other bourbon. Yes. Um, the bourbon that was inside the bottle changed from being 12 years old to being 8 to 12 years old, and a blend of all of those. Um, the label changed again less than a year later to a new look, 
my assumption is they didn't want to take the 12 year off and then also change what's inside the bottle and change the whole look all at the same time to kind of that would skew cells. So they slowly made these changes. Um, the bourbon's released as a 47% small batch, easily available throughout Kentucky and probably the U.S. Um, it, there is a harder-to-find 12-year-old barrel proof, ranging from 64 to 70.1 ABV, an expensive 18-year, 20-year, 21-year, and 23-year-old single barrel that's bottled at 45%. Hmm. Henry McKenna brands hold a standard uh, 40%. Sorry. Henry McKenna brands hold the standard 40% alcohol bourbon, but most importantly, it also holds a 10-year-old bottled and bond single barrel mm. in an amazing price range combining value with quality. Um, each have, bottle, yeah. which usually retails for under $30, has a handwritten barrel number and date on each bottle. It's, again, 50% alcohol, 10 years old, less than $30. It's 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 not going to be long that we can keep We've been singing these praises and talking about that for a while now. Yeah, yep. spoilers, yeah. it's good. Um, on the rye side you've also got the Rittenhouse rye that we touched at a little bit it's a rye whiskey to be found in the 40% ABV version but also the best variety I think is the bottled and bond 50% Um, it's a bold whiskey it can be substituted for bourbon and mixed drinks due to the spicy flavors it doesn't really back down when watered down with syrups or juices or colas back Damn. Damn. Absolutely. Um, Pikesville Rye was a brand that was originally brought, uh, was originally an old brand uh, from Maryland in the 1890s. That's according to marketing that they, Pikesville Rye actually puts out, this distillery puts out. Um, it was re- reintroduced in 1936. Um, the rye whiskey is a potent 55% ABV that has been aged for six years. It's a little on the pricey side when compared to the rest of Heaven Hills brands, about 50 to $60. It's mm. probably a good price, though, for this brand because it is 110 proof. I keep so. misreading Pikesville rye. Yeah, <laughs> right? because it is uh, the name originates from the Maryland area is, is what I understand. And so that's why it's Pikesville and not Pikeville, yeah, for us, which is a city in Kentucky. And again, uh, Alltech, didn't they make the uh, Pikeville Porter? Yeah. And we have to do our own actual Pikeville Porter uh, sometimes from uh, DeLatter's Brewing. Where we just dump cigarettes and coffee into it? No, we have to find a way to infuse some kind of tobacco quality to it, but it will also be uh, infused with Folgers Red Can Coffee. Just to make us happy and complete a joke. I am so so excited. (laughs) If we get to our next Patreon goal for the merchandise, like... Oh, the Delatters things can we'll find, have. <laughs> you all will be able to have Delatters merchandise. And, people, that... and, pe- and, and you'll get the t-shirt and people are going to be like, what is, is that a brewery I haven't heard of? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And only... and it'll be like the ultimate hipster shirt. That's... Only two people That's... want this shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and two of them are us. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I Tyler like might. I don't know. I want this to be, uh, like, that should be our, our new highest tier Patreon go. I... We'll open up a brewery. I feel yeah. like, the, yeah. Like $500 a month. The ladders yeah, happens. No, it has to be more than 500 a month. We're going to say like 20000 Like, it's got to yeah. be up there. Well, we're not going to brew it like a facility. It's going to have to be from Casey's Garage. Oh, <laughs> Casey's yeah. Garage. Oh, right there, there it is. Oh, crap. I turned <laughs> off. I swear I turned off the freaking note. Uh, the sounds. Oh, jeez. Okay. Man, I'm okay he, with those sounds. He's getting I didn't there. hear any of those sounds. 
Thank you very much. You don't uh, hear them? Thank you. No. Oh. oh. I hear it from hers. So, yeah, uh, Russell, thing... with that, I got to say, uh, we are $15 away from our next goal on Patreon Which for the is merchandise. Crazy sauce. You guys have us there. $15. That is it on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash have a drink show. Mm-hmm. And oh, you can quit get chilling. Us there. You can get us there. <laughs> oh, you can chilling. have your Delatter's shirts. <laughs> I do want to make one point of clarification on the Pikesville Rye. Um, I said it was reintroduced in 1936. That wasn't when it was reintroduced for the, mo- reintroduced for the most recent time, however. Pikesville Rye has only been out for a couple of years. And so okay. the, the oh. rebranding and the new brand and the new everything just recently came out. And so they're 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 quite heavy on um, uh, that six-year-old 110-proof bourbon. It's it's a good one. Larceny is a great entry level bourbon. Has mm. a lot of wheat, making it approachable. This is the flavor that they were looking for in that Pappy Van Winkle version of um, of Old Fitzgerald. They took that sort of recipe and pulled it into this Larceny, and so it's, it's that makes it approachable. It's real nice. <laughs> Um, thank you. Oh, I swear bad. I took Smoke, the sound off. You. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> the small batch nature of this bourbon means that there are 100 or fewer barrels dumped and mixed to make a batch of this bourbon. The barrels, which age six to 12 years, that is surprising to me. I did not realize they were so uh, so much older. I was thinking a four-year bourbon. Um, picked from the Nelson County Rickhouses specifically and bottled at 46% ABV. Sorry, now all I can hear is just Nelson Rick. House. <laughs> um, the Bernheim whiskey is a straight whis- wheat whiskey. Recently added an age statement, however. Um, the brand uh, shows that it's now been aged seven years. This hasn't always been a thing. Um, they bought the Bernheim brand. My, my understanding is they bought the Bernheim brand when they bought the Bernheim distillery, which also gave them. Uh, um, the, um, which one was it? We just ordered it a minute ago. Uh, Old Fitzgerald. Old Fitzgerald, okay. So whenever they got Old Fitzgerald, there's a lot of wheat that comes out of that distillery. So Bernheim was the first new whiskey that was introduced to the U.S. First new type of whiskey that was introduced to the U.S. in, in, I don't know how many years, 100 years probably. Um, Many years, many years on many sides. Many moons. So uh, Bernheim means that it's made up of more whiskey, or more wheat than anything else. So it's a very soft... Uh, made soft of more whiskey. <laughs> and and as, uh, as someone has pointed out here, there are many other brands that are available out there. Yes, it is a staggering amount of brands if you actually go uh, to their Wikipedia page, which I linked to. There are other brands. Yeah, so um, I was... okay. So we're going to pa- scoot past some of the bourbon stuff. Um, I think the only other one that, like, we haven't actually mentioned was, fighting cock. was the, flight, the uh, Fighting Cock, which we totally saw earlier and we almost bought. Um, <laughs> apparently, it's pretty prevalent. Who knew? Uh, but on the other brands, um, the one I think that was the most surprising was Burnett's Vodka, which is, like, this cheap brand of vodka that you can get. Um, I was kind of surprised by that because I was like... Oh, yay. <laughs> I didn't know this, but that's almost sad. Um, also, Fulton's Harvest um, being a brand. I've seen that somewhere. Um, like Fulton's Harvest apple pie cream liqueur uh, yeah. is an example, which sounds actually tasty, even though I don't really like liqueurs all that much. Um, and then you've got, you know, the normal um, 
blended whiskeys, uh, mellow corn, Kentucky straight corn whiskey, which we actually saw at the store today, which is nuts. Um, the um, Pikesville Supreme Straight Rye Whiskey. Um, we've already talked about the Rittenhouse. Oh, and then um, a couple of... Uh, so they've got a Whaler's Original Rum and Two Fingers Tequila. You're missing... They're all, they also do an Irish County Cream. Uh, Omar's. Oh, I missed that. Like, Why well, don't it list like everything that's, that's a, on there? So, so these uh, Irish creams or bourbon creams are actually a big thing in Kentucky. It's hard for us to judge whether or not they're oh. outside of Kentucky. Bur- Buffalo Trace bourbon Buffalo cream. Buffalo Trace does it like they are starting to spread. If the, you haven't had it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Alltech is doing <laughs> one uh, under, I can't remember what brand. Coffee. Yeah, oh, yeah the they're coffee doing a coffee cream, so which is really good. So, the, I was going to say, the, the, oh, yeah, the, the drink is called the Kentucky Sundown, I believe. Yeah. yeah, but we, we say, had that at the Alltech uh, Beer Fest. Buffalo Cream is part of uh, mine and uh, one of my old coworkers' idea for the uh, the Kentucky Car Bomb, which is a <laughs> Kentucky uh, Kentucky ale or a bourbon barrel ale with uh, some uh, some bourbon and some uh, Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon cream and treat like an Irish car bomb. <laughs> oh, that sounds scary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it didn't sound safe. But some of their, like we mentioned before, their vodka brands. So you've got Deep Eddy Vodka is another one that uh, you might they've be able to find. A, they've got a cognac. Yeah, they've got a cognac. Got, yep. Basically, again, I, I think Heaven Hill is the haven't you done well of brands because, like, holy crap, they have a lot of stuff that you, you didn't know that they made. And you see it, you see it everywhere. So, yeah. I, it's, I, from from what I'm um, I gather from the company and not not to get on you know anything in particular but the I don't know how to say this exactly the the fact that this company was started by immigrants that had come here and started as basically financiers of bourbon but have grown this into such the company that it is with the same family owning it mm-hmm. it's an American success story right there so yeah. it really is and Remedy. they saw the they saw the writing on the wall. They weren't so tied to bourbon that they couldn't look past it and say, you know, we need to get into other businesses in the Mm seventies. Whenever they saw bourbon was going down, but vodka going up, they they knew they knew they needed burnets. They knew they needed these, these other revenue streams. And so they, they, they're amazing individuals. Whenever you look at their ability to pick, um, what's going to be doing well in the coming years. Yeah. They knew how to business. As, <laughs> it as a business, out. they were very good at managing it. And to be said, on the other brands, it is almost innumerable. It is a lot. They do every kind of alcohol you could imagine. But they also do 16 different bourbon brands. Which is insane. It is a and lot. All, uh, just about all of them are sub $30. Yeah, they're, they're reasonable. I mean, it's one of the cheaper brands. What we're getting ready to, to drink here in a little bit for the, the, the sampling is one of the, what we pay, $15? Yeah, I was going to say it, it was wasn't like much. 15 bucks or something. 15 it's or it's a smaller bottle. But... And even the, um, the McKenna is is rated one of the, the best like go-to bourbons. And it's mm-hmm. not that expensive at all. Yeah, that's I'm not gonna rat twenty eight bucks retail. I'm yeah. not gonna rat someone out. They know who they are. <laughs> I won't say they know I, what they do. I won't name names. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the Discord they can own up to it, but for their uh, Christmas bonus, they purchased an entire case uh, of Henry McKenna ten year. Yeah. And goodbye. Yeah, like that was insane. I don't think you need to name names with that one. We we know, and if you're in our Discord, you know. Become a patron, get in the Discord. That's all we're saying. <laughs> 
Shill. Uh, or don't become a patron. Just get, right. still get in the you Discord. You can still get in the Discord. Uh, shush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a patron-only section for there. Otherwise... That's true. That's true. Um, any other thoughts on Heaven Hill? They're amazing. Anything you can find. Like, you can even list all the brands to be like, oh, if you can yeah. find any There's of lots. this. We'll really link to the wiki. And honestly, uh, I was going to make a joke when we were setting down the dock about them being like, I mean, it's like low level. Like, it's like lower shelf alcohol. I mean, do I really need to like, no, it's it's still quality stuff. It's, it's still just, good. It's yeah. all still obtainable. That's what's yeah. key there. None of it's unobtainium. None of it at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not your wellers or your willets and all of that as far as oh you've got to get this bourbon and blah 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 you can get these and they are you can't say on the level but you know when you do price and flavor comparison well, yeah yeah you're not comparing it to certain other brands you're not the same dropping time, like... you're not dropping 80 bucks for a bottle of this no. but you are still getting amazing flavors mm-hmm. or it's for well, its price Let's talk specifics on these real quick. Let's let's jump into the the what we're drinking first okay. before we 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 hit up that this this other part that we've got. But let's hit up what we're drinking, and then we've also got a tasting because all this right. kind of goes back to the Heaven Hill Distillery. Drink with me, friend. We must let's, need a what we're drinking let's... for not beer, like not the <laughs> the the carbonation well, kind of sound. <laughs> probably. We should probably skip me for what we're drinking because it's uh it ties oh, into it's our tasting. part of the tasting. That's that's a good point. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about it or do you want me to? All right, or, and as tradition okay. goes, I will be the one to talk about. We're sharing what... something again for like the third episode again, in a row. Again, <laughs> because we are doing a tasting at the end of this, yeah. and I'll have to pour that after this while Casey talks about what he's drinking. But uh, right now, me and Brittany are drinking uh, Henry McKenna Bottle and Bond. It's actually uh, gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, distillery Heaven Hill. Your ABV is 50%, as is mandated. <laughs> Aged 10 years. Uh, this high proof bottled and bond bourbon was named for Henry McKenna, the Irish immigrant who adapted his family's whiskey recipe to work for the grains he found in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Henry McKenna is the longest aged bottled and bond available today. Resting in the barrel uh, through 40 Kentucky seasons. Wow. Critics agree that this is perfectly a perfectly balanced bourbon. I have to completely agree with them. That's what I've been drinking this whole episode. As Casey remarked, uh, if you were in our pre-show, <laughs> my Glencairn pour was well above what it should have been. <laughs> and that's when I had to remark, because it has to get me through the whole episode, because I can't get up for a refresh. True. Um, I, <clears throat> I would say... Uh... This, this is the first time I've had, well, that I remember, uh, that I've had um, McKenna. And there were notes of caramel, It wasn't, but it wasn't too sweet because um, some whiskeys can actually get that way. Uh, for those who haven't had a lot of bourbon, for that matter. Um, I, I think it was great. I, I really, I would compare it to, like, okay, my go-to whiskey, or my go-to bourbon, rather, sorry, is um, the Woodford Double Oak. Um, mm. This mm. is probably up there for me though this would be like a close second of which she was amazed to find when i when we were out shopping today i had to point out that the double oak uh packaging changed yeah because they i like it better actually they've made it a limited release affair in a smaller it's uh, like this like big thick package it's crazy and our we have the original (laughs) run they did of it which just comes in the straight up woodford (laughs) bottles with just a different label slapped on it that was the deal of the century whenever I first bought that because it's supposed to be a, yeah. a higher priced um, 
bourbon. And I went to a local liquor store that I think had moved around the numbers wrong. And <laughs> it ended up being so that that bourbon specifically supposed to be priced. Oh, quite a bit higher than the regular Buffalo. Or yeah. Sorry, the regular Wood Reserve. Yeah. Which around here costs about thirty five dollars. I want to say it's and like what fifty or sixty. What we saw today, it was uh, fifty plus. Yeah. The first time I saw that bourbon on a shelf, the first time it started to be released, it was twenty six dollars. Oh, I was gonna say we paid uh, sub. I bought 40. half a case. We yeah. We, <laughs> we paid sub forty for uh, double oak. Yeah. And that was again a steal because that was their first run of it. I don't think anybody knew what the hell to do with it at that point. And yeah. it's it's. But, my favorite bourbon. I feel uh, like we're it's... we're getting away from McKenna, which yeah, is what so, we need to be talking but about. McKenna, but... McKenna, McKenna is a close speaking second. Speaking of of messed up sales, uh, Liquor Barn apparently had to put a correction on their shelves because they had placed a sale on uh, Maker's Mark for a dollar twenty six. Oh, <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. So put all, right. all the cases in the truck. But yeah. McKenna, yeah, can you imagine? McKenna is an example of something I would. Like I have to talk about when I'm talking about he- uh, Heaven Hill, they have kept small regional brands alive with their actual recipes at a great cost to them at very little demand. Like people mm. were not asking for this from a lot of the brand, like really small brands that they acquired over the years, but they kept these formulas around. Like they kept all this going, and they can do this because of all their different aging locations in Kentucky, which will affect the flavor that you get out of your bourbon. You think that's strange, but I'm telling you, like you can you can research these places and see oh, you're right. where the warehouses are, and you will find in same age ranges complete different characteristics that come out of these bourbons. Mm-hmm. And Heaven Hill really went through painstaking financial losses to keep brands alive. They had no reason to keep it alive. Like, before the past couple of years, no one was clamoring to keep Henry McKenna around. Hmm. There was no reason to keep it around. But now that they have, they, they're they going to see mass profits because the 10-year McKenna is getting ready to be, like, one of the most sought-after things at this price range that you can find. Yeah, it's not, you know, you're not going to be paying $100 for a bottle of this stuff. But, but it is really good. You don't need to either. Like, there are some... Some things you don't have to spend a crazy amount of money on, and they're still amazing. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, they talked about that on um, the whiskey, one of the whiskey episodes for Modern Rogue, and Henry McKenna was his go-to. Whereas on some of the other Modern Rogue episodes, Buffalo Trace, I th- I think that if you're gonna have a go-to bourbon that's like in your reasonable price range, Henry McKenna Tenure or Buffalo Trace are your good go-tos. Uh, McKenna uh, is, I, I've got a bottle of the um, 10-year-old Russell's Reserve from mm. oh, Wild Turkey Distillery. And so that 10-year is nothing but oak and heat from the oak, and mm. that's about it. The 10-year on the this one is so much more flavorful, so much yeah. more to it. Um, there is a big heat on this, I can say. But really? Yeah, it, any bottled and bond, you're going to get a pretty good amount of alcohol burn to it. Oh, yeah, There's, I get it, yeah. like a burn coming back up my throat, definitely. But, but I, on the onset, you get a lot of the... I, I Again, the first thing that hit me was the caramel taste. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a lot, there's, there's a lot more complexity, I guess, than just 
oh god my throat <laughs> so yeah um so in my glass right now i do have the elijah craig small batch um 47 abv age like we said earlier eight to 12 years something that i looked on the bottle itself to find was it actually says that it is distilled by the Elijah Craig Distillery DSP KY31, which if you look back, that is it's the still Heaven Hill Distillery. <laughs> yep. So it's the same exact yeah. distillery. That's one, of the things, <laughs> that's one of the things you can look at all of their bourbons and see exactly where it's bottled and where it's um, where it's, it's b- b- very similar. Yes. Um, you no, can see exactly what uh, what you're getting your 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 stuff from um and so that's nice when they put the numbers on there um i love this bourbon even at the age if the age statement is gone i still like the bourbon as it is um it's a very sweet bourbon it's got a lot of sweetness to it a lot of rich caramel old bourbon flavors Hmm. um uh i definitely get a lot of corn in that still um just a lot of light notes there toward the top ends, but also some deep, sweet, heavy, like char stuff going on. See, I've never had Elijah Craig, so I, I don't, I can't give an informed opinion. I would like to try um, it at some point, but you know, forty-seven percent, you know, three percent away from a hundred proof. I mean, sorry, 100, yeah, hundred proof, and I'm not getting any of that super heavy burn just in the back. I'm getting some good acidity. Um, some some good bite to it, but uh, most of what I'm getting out of this is just a nice, smooth, good sipping bourbon, and I've been sipping on it the whole whole show, so hmm. I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, You're not happy with it, though. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> with, with this, but I'm not happy with it. Uh, Bob, because we are tasting what you are drinking, talk a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, let's have you okay. start. Um, well, it's what we'll be moving into for our little... Uh, our little tasting. Uh, I went in, saw this fairly affordable thing. Uh, there were two of these on the shelf, and one of them said Bottle and Bond. So that's what I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. They're white label. Uh, it is 100 proof. Uh, not sure how long they aged it, but I believe about, uh, uh, what do we say, about four years at least four years since it's bottle and bond. They don't really put the age statement on. I'm looking online here to see if they actually talk a little bit about what the average age is, but hmm. I'm going to guess it's probably a, just a four-year-old bourbon. Yeah, and there we go. Uh, our, our namesake, Evan Williams, founded Kentucky's first commercial distillery along the banks of the Ohio River in 1783. Maybe. Probably not. Uh, today, Evan Williams is the second largest seller of uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey in the U.S. It is still just a few blocks from the site where Evan himself built his distillery. I can't now stop picturing a friend of mine uh, from years back named Evan, and this makes me laugh. Um, uh, our bourbons are made with a time-honored recipe, distilled and then carefully aged for smooth, rich taste that has been perfected over generations. Uh, and then they have some cocktail recipes, which makes me really want an old-fashioned. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, the the Evan Williams is uh, it's pretty nice. Like for its price, I was expecting actually an even harsher, yeah, uh, less balanced bourbon than the what alcohol I burn. You'd expect it to be super heavy. So cool thing about bottled and bond bourbons, we talked about it a little bit earlier, is that they have to list where it was made and where it was bottled. So looking on this bottle, you can see that it was made in Louisville, at actually DSPKY. Number one. So that's the old Bernheim distillery. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. The first distillery to be licensed in the state of Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yep. And then it was bottled in Bardstown, uh, Kentucky 31, which is the the, the The traditional... Yeah, one we've been talking about. Yeah, this is yeah. that would be the facility you saw aflame. Yeah. Yes. Uh, whenever we can actually well, plan a bourbon trail trip, we have to go to Heaven Hill first, I feel like. Oh. Actually, they, I believe, are the first stop officially on the trail. Oh, okay. We are going to get those little We're going to get those little books. We oh, go yeah, there, we are. We're going to stamp. Little passports. Every yeah. step of the way. Definitely. Um, okay. Let's um, let's dive into this bourbon. Yeah, so this is the so white label is, 100 proof bottle. This is kind of an official tasting within a regular episode. Yeah, so, just so, so anybody's aware, it's the Evan Evan Williams bottle and bond tasting. White label. Just look white for label, Evan Williams yes. with a big white label. That is this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So, We're all drinking this, this right one now. right here. Start, if you don't there have you this go. bourbon, turn it off uh, now. Hold it still. <laughs> don't even see the I label. Move where I want. If you don't have this <laughs> bourbon, turn it off now. Go get the bourbon. Pour yeah. you a glass and come back. Fifteen bucks. We, I mean, it's it's affordable enough for all of us to have it on the for, shelf. Yeah, yes. for that price, like holy crap! Like it, I was surprised by the price. Honestly, when uh, we were okay. in the store today, I haven't. It hasn't hit my lips yet, so the nose is a lot tamer and a lot more subdued than the McKenna. Yeah, it. The smell yeah. is wonderful. See, I spent our uh, our news show also drinking bourbon, but I was drinking some uh, basil Hayden. So this one actually has a bit. I smell more heat on the nose, if that makes yep. any sense. Huh. Yep. Uh, compared to what I had been drinking before. I was going to say, then, as do I. Um, I the, the alcohol hasn't mellowed for us as much as it may have for you. Yeah, compared um, to the Hemikena, it's not that Elijah I, I t- Craig and something else. Oh. Yeah, yeah. As I was going to say, I also just topped mine off like mm. a few minutes ago. So it's. <laughs> I. Uh. So I've actually been. I've had a few drinks of this now. Uh, the smell is very different from the Henry McKenna. I have to say, uh, it's it's more, um, I don't know, more tame. I guess is the way to say it. it you don't you don't just smell alcohol. Mm. Uh, the the flavor. Um, so I'm looking at the the tasting notes. I definitely taste vanilla, like that is okay, it, yeah. like a warm vanilla, like um. I'm trying to think of what to compare it to, but it, it's a very different taste from what the McKenna was though. McKenna, the... you de- you definitely mm. tasted the caramel notes. This you do not, even though I I don't anyway. So, so let me be specific there. But um, you you get a warm vanilla taste is what I'm I'm getting from this, which is fine. Okay, so I, got, <laughs> I like the taste a lot. We're skipping ahead. Nose uh, that they give that you should be getting on this is a caramel with hints of vanilla, oak, and barley. Mm. I I get the barley. I get I get the barley. Time. I get a big barley note. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm getting like vanilla and oak. I get but... the barley and oak. See, hey, look, guys, we got bingo. <laughs> <laughs> bingo. See, I didn't know if it was just me because I had a barley wine during the news show. No, I get I barley am... and oak. I, that, now that you say, say the oak, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, that's what that smell is. Okay. Big barley and oak on that. And so, okay, we're l- l- you've already let us in. We're going into taste. So taste of okay. saying uh, citrus on top of vanilla and black pepper. So you already said yeah. you get the vanilla big time. I am getting a huge black pepper on that. Wow, I'm I was going to say, any... here, let me take my first drink. <laughs> um, I'm not getting that much black pepper. I'm getting more of that, that boozy alcohol kick because yeah. it's, you know, 100 proof. Yeah. Fries yeah. uh, but... on the tongue. Yes. Yes. Um, but I do get some of that vanilla flavor. Uh, and yeah, no, it's just a very, 
I know we haven't got to the finish, but it's a very warm finish. Yeah, that's which is in the description. To keep like, out. if you're watching us, you see us all keep opening our opening our mouths as we're like we'll get it on the tongue and we open our mouths and we kind of breathe in because that's kind of that's the way you're supposed to taste whiskeys and bourbons is um, you get that oxygen flow. Mm-hmm. What is the top of your what does the roof of your mouth feel like right now? Uh, like the roof of my mouth. Filmy. <laughs> Sensational wise, do you get any sensations other than like, of course, the film, uh, like filminess? Do you get any sensations there mm. after you, uh, right after you take a drink and after you kind of breathe in? I, get, I just get a cool sensation, is all I'm getting. So, my tongue and the roof of my mouth, I get a numbness with a tingle that comes in after. Oh, yeah, I'm getting more yeah. of the, I'm getting that more on my tongue, but not necessarily on the roof of my mouth. No, I'm, I'm okay. taking like small sips, I'm not like filling up the hole. Oh, I'm not doing small sips. But yeah, no, I get that. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I like get on all over my palate. I guess that may be a difference as well. Maybe. Um, how you, how yeah. you we're, taste we're it can it help um, change the way it tastes. But even so, I, I agree on the the finish. Uh, definitely a warm like the the finish description, totally accurate to me. Warm, long, and dry finish. Yep, <laughs> that is a, that is a correct, sir. Uh, but I I am not getting any citrus or black pepper. Um, in the taste description, I, I, it's still to me, it's, it's, I definitely get a lot of alcohol burn, but at the same time, like the vanilla to me on my weird ass taste buds, uh, is overwhelming, which I mean, again, it's fine for a bourbon. Like uh, it's actually a really good flavor. I feel like to get, um, to, to me, like good bourbons have like a caramel vanilla or butterscotch kind of quality to them that, 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 Mm -hmm. or that like not the the sign of a good bourbon but the sign of a good bourbon to me you know mm-hmm. um that's the flavors that i look for the and more that's... i've been drinking of it the more i am starting to get some of that citrus uh just in hmm. kind of especially like in kind of like how it's lingering on on parts of my mouth i guess if that makes any so sense at the very end i haven't had a drink in like a minute i taste corn for days at the end oh like yeah that is corn corn like lingers. like when you you go and get dried corn from dried corn and and let it I don't know how how to exactly <laughs> when you're taking corn and putting it like you would be putting into a beer before you were a corn based beer ah, the yes. smell and flavor <laughs> that you get that distill okay here's a better one when you go and take a tour of a distillery that corn smell that mash there you go that mash is the legal way to say it yeah smell yes. that mash so that's yeah. again that's what i love about going to the party source now because they have new rift distillery in their parking lot mm. so as i pull in if they've dumped mash that day oh it's just glorious to step out of the car and you're um, just smelling fresh mash and you're just like oh yeah i would say okay for those who aren't and there's a lot of you, but most of you, in fact. Uh, for those who aren't in the greater Cincinnati slash Kentucky area, um, I would highly recommend a Coming trip here. to the Bourbon Trail. Um, and if not specifically the Bourbon Trail, I also want to say, like, I always want to pimp out, like, oh, definitely go to Buffalo Trace if you haven't, because um, they're mm-hmm. not technically part of the Bourbon Trail. But you'll you'll totally understand what that smell is about. When you yeah. visit any of these distilleries... You're just like, oh, that. Are are these notes just to? I, I want to bring us back. Are these tasty notes from Evan Williams? What comes out from them? 
Oh yeah, those know. are that's from their the Evan Williams site. Those are okay. their tasting notes. I this this bourbon, I think one thing in their notes that is completely off is the long finish. I do get a long dryness with that tingly sensation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as far as flavor, this falls off within seconds of swallowing. Like, yeah, it's that is gone. All, it doesn't it, hang There's around. no flavor in that long finish. I guess that's a good point, yeah. The, but the warmth is still lingering mm-hmm. to me. So, uh, Good, sweet, oh. very sweet bourbon. Oh, yeah. That's, Overall, that's I, will say, uh, I will say I was surprised by this, uh, by this bourbon and how much I ended up enjoying it. For oh a yeah, fifteen dollar yeah. bourbon. Holy crap! Oh <laughs> bourbon. Yeah. Get it, get it. Best right selling now. bourbon in the world for yeah. a reason. Well, um, second best selling bourbon in the world. For a reason. <laughs> yeah, second best. I would uh, say I would definitely say this is higher on my ranking ladder than Jim Beam. Doesn't taste sure. of peanuts. Yes, it does not. Um, exactly, it's so nutty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would That's say... mine and Casey's go-to now, like Jim Beam. <laughs> no. I don't want to eat nuts. That, that was right. We had in when we were there, we had them pour some Jim Beam shots and or neat, and we just sip, tried to sip on it and couldn't. No, that was oh. that was here in Lexington. That was oh, a, Town that was Branch. A, that was at one of the little bars that you go yeah. down. Oh, okay. and we were just drinking, going like, "This is nuts!" And we like, we this is the only time I think we've never finished yeah like a drink. We just set it down, so we're like, "We're good." We can that's when you yell out, "This is nuts." Okay. Uh, and we had been drinking a lot earlier. It wasn't like this was our first uh, first drink. You know, we, our our taste buds are heightened or something. No. So after a few beers, you know, finish off the night with a whiskey. Nope. This this should be much better selling than Jim Beam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think after this episode, so we've tried um, what three total different uh, bourbons from Heaven Hill, and mm-hmm. the theme is just that this is a good value brand essentially i, I uh, don't you have can't a, go wrong i mean I've, I've got a good amount of money to spend on bourbons but i don't have an unlimited budget right and i have nine heaven hill brand bourbons on my shelf you can easily do it like it's it's not yeah. a i mean you don't have to think but, about it and you're like oh suddenly i have all these <laughs> they're made from the same place it turns out um, when game of thrones comes back and i'm gonna need a bourbon to enjoy while i'm watching the show or some <laughs> kind of whiskey i'm probably gonna pick up one of these yeah yeah so, so uh, give it a try heaven hill evan williams uh fighting cock henry mckenna if you find old any, fitzgerald old Fitz they're fitzgerald? all very similar uh, uh very similar uh recipes all specifically different and ages uh, and i haven't had the the this is the first time i've had evan williams at all so i haven't had the the black label but um, the the bottle and bond, I would recommend. I mean, that's the one we just tasted. So like, I would recommend grabbing that if you can. Again, fifteen dollars for yeah. a really good burp. Like, what are you doing for, for a fifty percent? Fifteen burp. bucks, yeah, little man. Put that <laughs> put in, in my hand. hand. In nice. my hand. Put that bottle in my hand. Let that money show. <laughs> uh-huh. Owe me, owe me, owe. Wow. So anything else? I I think we're good. My jungle. Cool. You can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us. Also, look for Have a Drink Show on social media, twitch.tv, and every now and then maybe a YouTube video or two. (laughs) Also, check us out on Discord. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website or the Discord or... Or whatever. Twitter. <laughs> whatever, you know, Twitter, any of the things Casey mentioned, you can ask us questions mm-hmm. on there. And I'm hiccuping. <laughs> I think that's a good sign we need to end. So all joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. We are not going anywhere. And that is very good because I'm blasted. A little bit. <laughs> uh, all right. Check and us out next. I haven't stood up yet. Let's find out how blasted I am. 
what we'll do that soon on the habit of bathroom break uh <laughs> check us out next saturday for our next episode once again i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker and i'm casey price we shall see you next time see you guys Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>